so she said, say you've heard the voice of God and it doesn't make sense. Is it possible for the ego then to come in and create confusion? Of course. Of course, the ego loves to do that. Um, because frequently the voice of God is a voice that pulls us away from what everyone else is doing or what we've always done or what our culture or our society or the upbringing we were given said to do. And that's why we end up hearing that voice, because if we were just following in the footsteps of what we've always done, we wouldn't necessarily need to, to hear that voice, because that was the, the direction that the river was taking us in anyway. So when you hear that voice, of course the ego comes in. And the ego comes in, by the way, whether that voice makes sense or not. Because a lot of times you hear that voice and the ego realizes, oh my God, my reign over this ship is going to come to an end. I've been able to steer this ship all these years based out of these patterns that I've created. And when that voice of God comes in, guiding us in a different direction or giving us a different truth or showing us something different within ourselves. The ego no longer can, and it's going to make you doubt it and second guess it over and over and over again. Absolutely. It wouldn't be the ego if it didn't do that. But this is where this is where that anchoring comes in, that grounding comes in, that courage comes in. And this is where it's so important to ask yourself all the time, what is my highest goal? Because the voice of God does not always take us into that which is comfortable, into that which feels good, that which is enjoyable, that which is fun, as I you know, speak about so much. But it takes us into those situations and that truth and those experiences that will, that will burn the ignorance, that'll burn the not self. And so we really have to ask ourselves, what am I praying for? Is, is my prayer just, oh God, could you kind of maintain this status quo in a really nice, peaceful sort of way? All of the, you know, comforts that I have, keep them there, the people that I know, the people that I like, the, just, if you could just kind of keep everything in place for me and make it, make it really nice and comfortable so there's not too much threat or conflict or whatever. Is that what we want? And remember, there's no wrong or right. I'm not, and none of us are, 
the spiritual police, the moral police to say, here's what you should pray for, here's what you should want. But we at least, each of us individually, should be clear of what our goal is and therefore what our prayer is so that we know which voices to listen to inside. And so is the prayer simply, could you just kind of take care of the things around me and make sure that they're all there when I wake up in the morning and that I'm not too challenged or stretched emotionally, spiritually. Make sure people are nice to me, make sure they respect me, make sure that nothing challenges me too deeply. Or is our prayer to God, whatever it takes, wake me up for God's sakes. Whatever it takes, show me the truth. Whatever it takes, Free me of this ego. Because those are two totally different prayers. And if our prayer is the second one, if our prayer is awakening, truth, self-enlightenment, total awareness, consciousness at all moments, Well, God is going to do whatever is needed to give us that. And it's not usually, unfortunately, simply kind of a gentle tap on the head with a magic wand. Okay, you're awakened, you're awakened, you're awakened. Oh, you wanted just the ice cream. Okay, ice cream for you. You wanted awakening. You wanted a car. Here's the car. It's not like, you know, Christmas morning of under the tree, you get a box of awakening and you get, you know, the chemistry set you wanted. When what we pray for is that freedom, is that awakening, is that total experience of truth. Well, the universe has to therefore pull everything away that is not that. It's like, think about it, when a child physically lying in bed, picture a child lying in bed under the covers with the stuffed animal and the favorite blanket and the head under the pillow. Well, that's really a cozy place to be. Nothing wrong with it but it's not awake, it's asleep, it's in bed. Cozy, nonetheless, but in bed. But if, if the goal is to wake up, well, what it means is that the mother or the father or the babysitter, whoever wakes up this child, has to pull off the cozy blanket, has to pull the stuffed animal out of the kid's hands, have to pull the pillow off his head, have to pull the other blankie out from in his arms. And that kid's gonna cry. Because it was really cozy in bed. But if he has to go to school, parents all over the world drag their kids out of bed when the kids cry because they've gotta go to school. And the parents know, yeah, he's crying now, but he'll thank me later. 
when he actually graduates high school instead of fails out of high school, he's going to thank me for the fact that I pulled him out of bed. In the same way, when the universe, when God pulls away from us that which is our sort of metaphoric safety blanket, because on some level, consciously or subconsciously, or in our karmic package, we've said, I want to wake up. Enlightenment, this life. Moksha, this life. Well, then God has to pull off the blankets and pull the pillow off from your head and pull that stuffed animal from out of your hands. But with the same love and compassion that the parents drag the child out of school to go to, the, out of bed to go to school. And we realize that we kick and we scream like kids in bed. Just five more minutes, just 10 more minutes. I have a stomach ache. Teacher said school was canceled today. <laughs> right? I mean, kids also get all kinds of stories. Oh, my math test, it was canceled. Yeah, yeah, the teacher said, I don't have to come to school for three weeks. I'm so smart. And in the same way we do it, we come up with all kinds of rationalizations and stories. And just like parents know that their kid is pulling their leg, that deep, deep inner self knows that we're just making stories. But it takes a lot of courage and a lot of surrender to really listen to that inner voice. And that's why the ego usually wins, because it's the voice we've known forever, it's what's guided our life forever, it's what's familiar to us. And then we've got the rationalizing mind as well, things aren't that bad anyway, I've got a pretty good life, what's the problem? You know, look at all these people, they're living just the same way I'm living. And on it goes. And this is actually why, interestingly, people who have suffered severe trauma, life-threatening illnesses, near-death experiences, loss of a child, war, I mean, just horrible, horrible traumatic things. So many of them, in retrospect, will say, it's that which actually brought me this close to spirituality. It's that which, because everything that I thought I knew was pulled away from me, that I actually have become that spiritually grounded. I've heard so many people say, thank God I had this terminal illness. As horrible and crazy as that may sound. Thank God I went through this horribly traumatic situation because if I hadn't, I would have kept living that, you know, Brady Bunch existence where everything is just kind of 
Fine, why look deeper? And so that's when the universe pulls things away from us that drop us deeper. But it also happens the other way when we make that prayer for the awakening at all costs, for the enlightenment, for the truth, for the moksha. But it takes a lot of courage to listen to that voice inside. 